Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Coming up this hour, we have for you a bunch of interesting shows, including Hashtag Taiwan with Leslie Liao. He's going to be bringing you one of the most interesting stories from the internet this past week in Taiwan. We'll also have Chinese to Go, which is a free Chinese lesson offered to you by RTI. And we'll have Status Update with John and Shirley, our interactive feature with you, the audience. But first up today, here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, April 21st, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio today, we have Leslie Liao. Hello, Andrew. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> nice to have you on the air. Uh, I am also Andrew Ryan. Uh, I already mentioned that once today. Um, I promise I'll only do it one more time. Uh, and in today's show, we have some fun topics for you. We're going to be uh, talking about, well, we also have some serious topics. We're going to be talking about what a simulated 21-day lockdown of Taipei or New Taipei showed. And also we're going to tell you about how Taiwanese baseball uh, saw a bench-clearing brawl, which got the attention of a lot of people. And in fact, even Keith Olbermann is tweeting about Taiwan's baseball league. It's one a big of the, deal. It is a big deal, and it's one of the only baseball leagues that's actually playing in the world today uh, in this time of uh, coronavirus, so it's kind of fun to have that around. We'll be talking baseball a little bit later on in today's show. All that and more in here in Taiwan. Don't go away. First of all, to start our show, a uh, little check-in. How are you doing, Leslie? I'm doing all right, Andrew. Paid yeah? my car taxes recently, paid my union dues. We're good to go. Okay, yeah. excellent. And the coronavirus, everything is uh, business as usual for you? Uh, any business as usual. ups and downs? Um, well, my dad just came back from Japan. Okay. And he's off in a quarantine hotel right now he's having the time of his life actually at the time of his that's life. what he told me this morning he's just like i walk around the hotel room they deliver my meals i have baths every day i was like well well yeah little victories yep yeah and the reason why he's staying at a quarantine hotel is because uh if he stayed at home then that means that you would not be able to come to work yes for 14 days yes you would be quarantined with him exactly how would that work out uh Okay, I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> not prepared for that question. <laughs> not yet, not in the least. <laughs> and uh, you also have a brother at home. Uh, yes. So that would actually, that would, it's, it, you know, I think these are tough decisions that families have to make. If you mm. have one family member coming back home from overseas and they have to go into quarantine for 14 days, you can either choose to do it at a public facility, which your father's done, uh, or you can do it, I mean, at a hotel, Yes. I guess. Yes. Okay. So you could do it at a hotel that allows you to do that. Or you could do it at a public facility, which is government-run. Yes. Or you could do it at home. Yes. But if you do it at a hotel, you have to pay the bill. You do have to pay the bill. But mm. um, there are government subsidies, actually, mm. both at the central and municipal level. Oh, wow. So it covers about 
half of the cost. Well, it depends on where you're staying, yes. right? If you're staying in a fancy place, maybe not that much. They got some really <laughs> fancy places out there. You'd be surprised. Really? Okay. Talking like Michelin star meals. Really? Yeah. Did your dad get a Michelin star meal? No, he did not. Okay. <laughs> um, but he's enjoying himself? He's having a good time. Okay. What day is he on? He's... Uh, this is a week, actually. Oh, He is well, on one week. Do you talk every day? We do. I just want to make sure he's okay, checking on him. He's not drawn on the walls or anything. <laughs> Staying sane, that's yeah. very important. Yeah. Uh, mental health, self-care, that's very, very important. Uh, you're doing good? I'm doing quite well the recent announcements have me a little on edge but Mm. you know what are you gonna do yeah so last week we had three days of zero new cases i think everyone in taiwan thought we'd maybe turn the corner people were pretty excited yes people were letting their guard down and then bam on sunday 22 new cases 22 and then uh well the day before there were another four cases i think three cases comparatively it's all right but this is coming after days of like oh two cases one case three case no case yeah or the most 10 right yeah Yeah. 22 actually ranks up there um as one of our uh larger numbers i think 27 maybe is where we peaked at the most number of cases was there one with 30 i think I don't no. know. We'll have to go back and have a little look at that. Okay. Um, somewhere right around there, though. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I think uh, it's just a little reminder that we all still need to be vigilant. Um, and, of course, if you're in a place where you're on full lockdown, we're definitely thinking of you. We mm. know it's not easy um, to have to stay in the house. And we, we do definitely feel super lucky to be able to venture out outside to get some fresh air. Uh, we're still coming in, into work. In fact, we're sitting in the studio. Socially distanced. Very, very distant from each other. Um, I would say we're probably about two meters, three, two and a half meters away. That's about two and a half. So that's maybe, what, 10 feet? Yeah. Roughly away mm-hmm. from each other, which is definitely, no matter if you're using feet or meters, it's definitely sufficient, sufficient social distance. Um, you may be able to tell we're not wearing masks. <laughs> um, that's because when we're in the studio and using microphones, we're allowed to take the masks off. Yes. But in a moment when we leave the studio and head back to the office, we're going to put our masks it's back coming on. Coming right back on. Coming right back on. So uh, that's just a little check-in to start off uh, here in Taiwan. We hope you're uh, doing well as well. Uh, maybe send us an email and just let us know how things are going in your part of the world. Yeah. Send it to english.rti.org.tw. So what would things look like in New Taipei City? Uh, This is for New Taipei City, right? If there was a 21-day lockdown, now I should mention um, New Taipei City is the largest municipality in Taiwan in terms of population. Yes. It's a little donut shape around Taipei City proper. Mm -hmm. Has more people than Taipei. Yes. Um, And so it's probably a good thing that they are simulating this sort of lockdown just to see where it would lead us and what would happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us, what did they find out? So this comes off the heels of that 20 plus case spike we saw over the weekend. And yesterday on April 20th, the new Taipei City government with the mayor Hoyo, he actually moved to have a simulation of what a 21-day lockdown would be like. Now, this is coming off the heels of an already mandatory 14-day shutdown of sports centers, museums, and libraries in New Taipei City. Mm-hmm. That lockdown has since been over okay. and it has been eased. But now we're talking about, they're thinking about a 21-day lockdown because they're thinking this might be a prelude to, uh, you know, knock on wood, 
uh, a bumping uh, cases. Outbreak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what was discussed was they simulated a lockdown exercise, evaluated the most effective ways to carry out school cancellation and how to distribute medical resources. Mm. And um, you got you. Gotta, there's so many schools in, in in New Taipei City. I think it would just boggle the mind. I mean, and some of these schools are the biggest, are, are have the largest number of students in all of Taiwan. I know of at least one school that's over ten thousand students. Wow. An elementary school, um, I believe it was the largest elementary school in all of Taiwan. Um, actually, it had even more people than that, mm. um, maybe twenty, thirty years ago. Okay. Um, so we've got some. Yeah, there's a lot of movement of people. There's a, a very high density of area and space. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the most densely populated areas of Taiwan are actually in New Taipei City rather than yeah. in Taipei City. So we definitely see why New Taipei would want to take these precautions. That because they have huge, huge densities. Mm. of people and they're saying they explained why is it a 21 day lockdown well the first 14 days of that lockdown would um would be part of the incubation period right and then another seven days would allow virus virus carriers to recover and uh the mayor went out and said that in the event of a lockdown the principle is low activity high activity control and you're hearing a lot of words here that's been thrown around overseas, right? Essential and non-essential workers. He pointed out that only frontline medical workers, essential government employees, and individuals carrying travel permits issued by the government would be allowed to leave the house. So it's like a hall pass system here. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. That sounds like, uh, well, I mean, obviously, this would be something that would be very important to do if we did have a major outbreak um in different parts of taiwan mm. hopefully knock on wood that's not going to happen um so it's mostly about um people flow of people flow of goods yes um how anything just, else they learned how to just keep everything uh running without collapsing the system and the cecc the central epidemic command center said it's good that new taipei is uh taking these precautions and they said that other cities should make you know, you want to have it and not need it, but need it not instead of need it, not have it. Exactly. Yeah. Always be prepared. You know, I was a Boy Scout, so <laughs> there you go. Be prepared. <laughs> All right. We're going to stay with you, Leslie, for another story or two. Uh, sure. Also connected to the coronavirus. Um, let's talk about the... Uh, exports of mask-making machines. Apparently, Taiwan, we're still not really exporting masks. Mm. Um, now, you are allowed to send a certain number of masks to a family member overseas yes. if you are an ROC citizen and your family member is an ROC citizen. Yes. However, um, one thing that is being exported and is not controlled, I guess, mm-hmm. is the actual machines that make the masks. Yeah. Unfortunately, the one constraint here is going to be the time it takes to assemble these very complex pieces of machinery. However, the government has said that um, at the start of this outbreak, Taiwan has sought to ramp up its mask production, and Taiwan successfully assembled 92 machines in record time. Wow. I don't know how if there's a Guinness Book of World Records entry, you know, documenting <laughs> that, but that's what they said, and now we are the second largest uh, producers of face masks in the world, right behind China. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so... Uh, The government says more than 20 countries have either sought to purchase mask production units from Taiwan or asked for advice uh, ramping up the production. 
And um, the biggest mask, the, the biggest company that makes these machines, they say they've received over uh, orders for 50 units so far. Wow. Yeah. And the orders come from businesses and governments from U.S., Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Italy, Germany, and Malaysia. And they uh. said that the units will be delivered by probably October. I'm guessing Oof. all the moving parts that need to be yeah. you know, assembled and stuff like that. Uh, they said Taiwan has likely received more than 100 orders for mask production units. So we can't export the masks themselves, but the means to make it, I guess, since Taiwan has the their, its own infrastructure set up. You know, it's so interesting with this, you know, kind of this timeline that we're looking at right now. Um, a lot of people are saying they're hoping that things will turn a little bit better over the summer. I think a lot of people are starting to be more realistic in yeah. realizing that this could be more than a year-long saga. It could stretch into next year for sure. Um, you know, a, a vaccine is definitely at least a year to a year and a half away. Mm. So I think a lot of countries are starting to kind of put their eggs not just in the next week basket, but also in the next year basket. Because if you're not getting um, these machines until October, mm. that's, you know, once they're up and running, it, you know, it could be even more time after that. So uh, nice to see that countries are, are, you know, taking all of the, their options into consideration and, and really, you know, doing both the short term and long term things. Yeah. Um, you know, you, what, what do you what, what's the phrase? You, you catch a fish and you give somebody a fish and they can eat, eat for fish a for a day. You give them a fishing rod and they can eat for a lifetime. You teach them to fish. Oh, right. <laughs> you teach them to fish. <laughs> okay, so if you give them a, fat, a mask-making machine, <laughs> you can make masks for the next three to five years. That's right. <laughs> so, well, nice to see that um, Taiwan is able to provide the technology to do that. Um, in addition to, you know, Taiwan's donated a ton of masks um definitely the first round of masks was 10 million second round of masks that they donated to um you know allied nations mm. and to um other non-official diplomatic relations um throughout europe the united states uh another you know 16 at least 16 million so far maybe more than 20 million at this and point here's the wild fact to create that many masks is only one and a half day production for taiwan i know 13 million a day so I'm guessing there are probably more donations of masks as well. I'm guessing. Uh, just proving that Taiwan can help and uh, Taiwan is helping. So last week we uh, did a, a Taiwan Insider. Um, we did a Taiwan by number uh, about uh, baseball here in Taiwan. Taiwan is one of the only places in the world that is playing baseball. Right. Um, there are some other countries where they're playing baseball, but that's because um, it's not, I should say it this way. It's not because the country has been deemed safe enough to play. It's just because they're kind of barreling through and doing it regardless. <laughs> um, Taiwan uh, has managed to somewhat contain the uh, coronavirus. Uh, so the professional baseball league is now having games. It's one of the only countries in the world to have a baseball season underway uh, if you're interested in looking for the games on the internet or learning more about them, um, you have to do a search for Chinese Professional Baseball League, CPBL. That's a little bit confusing. Mm. Um, that's the Professional Baseball League here in Taiwan, not the league in China. Um, now, they broke, uh, sorry, they <laughs> they began playing uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple weekends ago. Um, but this past weekend, a melee broke out during a game. 
It was a bench-clearing brawl. <laughs> the ratings must have been through the roof. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, they pretty much have a monopoly on baseball viewership right yeah. now. So the fact that they were able to provide different sort of entertainment for uh, baseball fans uh, definitely got some attention. Uh, one person, uh, George Jarjur, uh, tweeted, The Rakuten monkeys from Taiwan give us our much-needed benches-clearing brawl. <laughs> That's uh, usually fighting is part of uh, hockey. Hockey, you yes. You know, we're just covering all the bases here. We do what we can, but with baseball. Nice metaphor. I heard that <laughs> baseball metaphor. There you go. Covering all the bases. Um, so, yeah. So But what happened here was uh, it was the Fuban Guardians... They were up against the Rakuten Monkeys, mm. two of the five teams here in the league. Uh, and it started off when Guo Yanwen, who is um, the pitcher, I believe, mm. um, told an umpire that the Guardians were using an illegal bat. The umpires halted play to inspect the bat because it had some sort of marking on it that they thought maybe was illegal. It had a an image of a human head on a strange animal body. Uh, officials said it was not illegal, and so they resumed play. But then, angry at um, Guo's accusation, um, I guess the Guardians pitcher Henry Sosa then threw three pitches ever Ooh. closer to Guo before finally hitting him on the buttocks with the fourth. Sosa's an, uh, he's he's a former major leaguer. He's got an arm. I, I'll tell you that must have hurt. Henry Sosa, is he any relation to uh, Sammy Sosa? I don't think so. Different Sosa? Yeah. Um, probably from Latin America, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, where they make a lot of great baseball players. <laughs> a lot of them come from there. A lot of them. Um, so anyway, both teams swarmed onto the field, started pushing and shoving each other. After the dust settled, the umpires decided not to eject any players and allowed the game to continue. In the end, the Monkeys defeated the Guardians with a score 3-1. to one. Um, and I guess a lot of international sportcasters were thrilled to see this footage because they must be bored out of their gourds, <laughs> as I like to say. Um, what's interesting is that this uh, game actually caught the attention of Keith Olbermann, who's a sportscaster with ESPN. That's big news. Post, yeah, yeah. He tweeted about it a bunch of times. In fact, um, President Tsai Ing-wen saw one of the tweets and she... Uh, responded to him um, saying that she hoped that he was watching the game live early in the morning, U.S. time, mm. um, and pointed out that both she and Keith Oberman are both um, Cornell alums, uh, to which he responded that, yes, he's class of 79 and that he uh, definitely passed by the law school, which is where um, uh, she would have gone. Isn't that around the same time as she went to school? Actually, yes, they would have been there exactly the same time. She uh, got her degree in 1980, so right at the same time. Yeah. And he said he would have passed by the law school on his way to the radio and broadcasting department. So interesting to imagine them walking on the same campus, possibly at the same time. How many future presidents have we walked by on our way to RTI, <laughs> Andrew? That's my question. It's hard to say, man. <laughs> hard to say. Well, thanks so much for joining us for here in Taiwan. I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Liao. Stay tuned. We've got much more ahead today on RTI.
From a fruit market in Tel Aviv to a fish seller in Taipei, the people of our world are working hard to make a living. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to Chinese to Go, the program where you learn authentic Chinese, the Chinese we use in real life in Taiwan. With COVID-19 raging around the world, today we will be talking about how to protect yourself during a pandemic. Let's listen to a conversation. How do you protect yourself during the pandemic? Do you work from home? I can work from home. I don't have to go to work. I also wash my hands and follow social distancing rules. What about your social life? There is no social life during the pandemic, but I talk to my friends online. We can still connect to each other due to the popularity of the internet. Now let's begin with the first sentence. How do you protect yourself during the pandemic? You, a pandemic, an epidemic. 期间, during this period, 如何, how to, 保护, to protect, 自己, oneself, 保护自己, to protect oneself. 你是在家上班吗? 你是在家上班吗? Do you work from home? 上班, to work. 在家, at home. 家, home. I can work from home. 在家工作, to work from home. 上班, go to work. 不用, means no or not. 我也洗手并遵守社交距离规范. I also wash my hands and follow social distancing rules. 我也洗手, I also wash my hands. 洗, to wash. 手, hands. 遵守社交距离规范, to follow social distancing rules. 遵守, to follow. 社交距离, 社交, social. 距离, distance. 社交距离, social distancing, 规范, rules. 那你的社交生活呢? What about your social life? 那你的社交生活呢? 社交生活, 
social life. 你的 your 那 here it means then what about? 疫情期间没有社交生活 There is no social life during the pandemic. 疫情期间 during a pandemic during an epidemic 没有社交生活 There is no social life. 没有 no without. 但我和朋友在网上聊天 But I talk to my friends online. 我和朋友 my friends and I, 网上 on the internet, 聊天 to talk to chat with. 网络普及，我们彼此还是可以联络 We can still connect to each other due to the popularity of the internet. 我们 we, 彼此 each other, 联络 to connect. 网络 the internet, 普及 popularity, 可以 be able to. Before we end today's program, let's listen to the conversation at slow speed again. 你在疫情期间如何保护自己？你是在家上班吗？我可以在家工作，不用去上班。我也洗手，并遵守社交距离规范。那你的社交生活呢？疫情期间没有社交生活，但我和朋友在网上聊天。网络普及，我们彼此还是可以联络。And that's all we have for this week's edition of Chinese to Go. Stay safe and stay healthy. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host Leslie Liao. This week on the program, we're going to be talking about the color pink. Why? Well, stick around and find out. Don't go away. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk about the color pink. Now, last week's segment, we talked about how there's a shortage of face masks worldwide, which means people can't really get picky with them. But On April 12th, the Central Epidemic Command Center held its daily press conference, and one reporter asked a question which caught a lot of attention and turned a lot of heads. Check it out. So the problem is, young school children, particularly boys. Don't really want to wear pink face masks to school because they're afraid they're going to get picked on by their classmates. Now the CECC knows that it needs to lead by example. For instance, they separated each other during their press conferences when they implemented social distancing measures. So people were touched when Health Minister Chen Shizong and his team of CECC leaders came out the very next day all wearing pink masks. Their message very clearly was, "Pink's not so bad." 啊，只要跟小朋友讲，就是说，其实口罩的颜色，啊，都一样，啊，那粉红色其实不错
，可能大家都年纪比较小，哈、哦，我们小时候最喜欢看的那个卡通影片就是那个《粉红豹》嘛，哈，我们可能大家都不太知道，哈，我们那个那个时候确实那是很红的，哈，非常红的一个这颜色。Just when you thought you couldn't like him anymore, he goes off and does something like this. You're so likable, Minister Chen. You're so lovable. Anyway, it's true, pink is the new hotness for 2020, much like neon was in the 90s. But what's more important is that the health leadership actually ignited a campaign to remove the stigma from the color pink. And oh boy, did people jump on that. You have corporations, TV stations, political parties, government agencies, schools, museums, travel agencies, and even your favorite Taiwan news show, rocking pink logos. Now, I haven't done a Leslie Liao pick of the week in a while, and that's my bad. I dropped the ball, but I got a doozy for you this week. This image comes from the Coast Guard Administration of Taiwan, and in it they ask, what's wrong with pink masks? And they have all the roles of the Coast Guards rocking pink masks, boy band style. Isn't that just great? And for those of you who just want to get saturated by the color pink, I have a collection of hashtags here that you can go and log into your social media and go look up and just get completely saturated with those pink hues. You have hashtag colors don't have gender, hashtag colors are genderless, hashtag colors have no gender, hashtag pink mask men, and my favorite, hashtag pink is the color of heroes. Now, to any boys that might be watching who are a little afraid of wearing pink masks, I have a fun fact for you. Did you know that, in fact, pink used to be a boy color? The reason why is because men used to wear a lot of red, and boys were seen as just little men, so they just wore a lighter shade of red, which is pink. And I can't lie, guys, I'm not even going to front. I'm a big fan of pink. There's nothing wrong with it. That's all I have for you this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy. And Andrew and Natalie, once again, Stay away from each other, please. This is Status Update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. We are going to be getting to your letters, the letters that you write us to let us know what programs you heard and what you think about them. But uh, before we get to those, uh, we're going to update a little bit of our status here. Well, um, we had quite a big week last week here in Taiwan. Um, yeah. I'm sure people who followed the news know that we had several days with no new COVID-19 cases. And that's a huge relief to hear, although I hear that we're not supposed to relax yet. No, no, definitely not relax yet, but that was definitely good news. Our neighbors up on the hill that overlooks us, <laughs> uh, the Grand Hotel, they're yeah. a well-known Taipei landmark. They're hard to miss. Quite an extravagant getup they have going on and there. And a very Chinese-style kind of building. It's enormous. Yeah. Um, and they lit up their windows actually in a very special configuration to spell out the word zero and i'm not sure how long it must have taken climbing upstairs to do that but oh yeah well they didn't turn the lights on themselves someone had to go to each one of those rooms and turn oh them yeah, on yeah yeah oh yeah all the way and but, making sure the configuration and yeah is i'm correct. sure someone outside had to stand there and be like no no to the left <laughs> the one to the left um but yeah they 
they uh, spelled out the word zero at least two nights that I saw. And I took a picture of one of them, but it was still light out, so hard to tell. But that right. was sort of like the big newsworthy photo of the day last week. I yeah. agree. That was really something. I hope this yeah. keeps up. Uh, like I mm. said, we're still supposed to be careful. But um, it looks like we're headed in a good direction. Maybe we have flattened the curve, as they like to say. Mm, right. Mm. Oh, they should do the same on um, Taipei 101, our skyscraper. That would be hard to see, though. <laughs> oh, uh, there's two. There's okay. two. Because there's, it's a very narrow building. Yeah. You have to like tilt your head 90 degrees to see it. Plus, I think the, the, the Grand Hotel is pretty much trademarked it by this point. They've done that sure. a couple times now. It's, it'd be a, a kind of a ripoff. Well, I um, think that's great. They could find some other way of celebrating, though. In the middle of all this, um, I was called away, although I wasn't very comfortable with the idea, to a birthday party. Um, why? It was indoors at yeah, a restaurant. At a restaurant. That's the part that you were uncomfortable about. <laughs> well, they moved huh? all the tables like a good way from one another, but like. Uh, oh, that should be safe enough. I, I think. think so, but you just don't know. <gasps> yeah. You just don't know, and like you can't eat with a mask on. No. Um, so um, I was not very happy about the idea, but I was sort of told that we're going. So well, that's okay. too bad. So you weren't really like 100% enjoying the dinner. I was then. nervous. Like, Aww. oh, oh, is this okay? Are we okay? Are we safe? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but I guess what made me feel heartened by the whole thing was to see how many people were out. Because I've heard a lot. Oh. I've heard stories of places that are just going under because of, yeah. they're allowed to stay open, but no one's going. Uh, apparently not this particular restaurant. Maybe um, it was a popular one. <laughs> Maybe it was a lot of people's birthdays. I don't know. Oh, oh that too. It could um, be. But was it a weekend? No, no it was it a was weekday, the of the wasn't week. it? Yeah. Uh, I was hmm. like, eh, is this a good idea? Well, it's you know, it's a weekday, and then actually, quite a lot of people were there. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Was that a good <laughs> thing or is that a bad thing? But at least the waiters and everyone are are you know they they have a, an income. Right. Yeah, true. And also, I mean, they were, you know, wearing masks. They were wearing right? masks. The patrons, and, not so much because you have to eat. Right. And um, and I'm sure that they, you know, disinfect the whole place every yeah. several hours. I saw them so. spraying down all the tables, but I don't know right. what. Well, I have to admit that, you know, um, even though we, my husband and I have been cooking a lot more at home, but... There were days when we just really didn't feel like eating home and just want to go out and eat. So um, we've been one of those who just go to some restaurants. Probably prefer looking for the ones where they keep the door open. Yeah. I mean, there were those that restaurants kind of like tuck inside a the mall. They don't have any windows. It's getting or, kind of you know, warm, so, but, though. Um, I mean, it's gonna, if they don't have the air conditioner on the door shut, then yeah. it's kind of hard to imagine that being very comfortable. Oh, come to think of it, there is a new mall, so to speak. It's called Q Square, but it's the one over at Xindian or Xiaobitan. Um, it's a stop away from where I live. Okay. And um, it's a new it's a new mall. But we like going there because we feel pretty safe because it's very, very spacious. Yeah. And the ceiling is like several stories high. Hmm. And it's open space in the middle. It's a huge, huge courtyard. And actually, because um, this mall is on the sixth floor, yeah. Or is it fifth floor? Fifth floor. And actually on the fourth floor is IKEA. And the thing is that IKEA is the that particular IKEA is designed such that there's no roof. Oh so yeah. I've heard it's about open, that. totally open space. And so when we're on the fifth floor um looking down, we can see the inside of IKEA actually. Okay. So it's very, very spacious, like very open space, even though it's indoors. Oh. So we felt pretty comfortable. And I, there's some really nice restaurants in there. I've been doing either delivery because there's a lot of good restaurants on there. Oh now, yeah. I guess or, my husband and I can try that. Or I just like 
take out stuff and because I, sure. I do that a lot anyway just for convenience it's the you know the sort of uh, we call them biendang they're sort of like a you get a bed Lunch of rice and you just decide you just tell the person what you want on it and there's usually a couple different options mostly okay. tofu vegetables that sort of thing yeah and you can get usually about four three or four so uh-huh. just take that home and eat that or just make a sandwich or something or go to the, the convenience store down the street right rather than, rather than doing going out out just uh-huh. trying to stay kind of we're not in crowded places. Oh, I get it. You feel safer if you were to bring the food home yeah, and well, then eat there. Yeah. Right. Okay, so, uh, eat at home. Right. It's You can still get stuff. It's just... Yeah. Um, I don't know. But there's so, that... There's that... Getting... <laughs> you, you're getting the food. You don't know when... They've got know. masks on. You've got masks on. They actually have <laughs> gloves because they usually come on a scooter when right, they deliver right. it. So I think everything is... It's fine. Okay. We'll be fine. We've just got to stop uh, psyching ourselves out. In Taiwan, anyway, I think that we should probably still encourage people to listen to their local governments. We definitely don't condone going out when you're not supposed to. Yeah, true. But or or we've had you know, having a couple days big with zero group cases. gatherings. Let's right. Keep, let's just well, let's try and keep it that way. Yeah, let's keep it that way. But definitely never don't slack off now. I yeah. mean, we tend to you know put on that attitude. It's like, oh, we're pretty safe, and everybody's saying that we're doing a good job. But I say in my heart, I'm saying like, oh, don't let's slack off. Don't you know? don't jinx it. Knock yeah, on wood. Knock yeah, on wood. Know, <laughs> really, really. All our right. our health minister is doing a great job, mm. and kudos to him really yeah he's yeah. a quite a popular guy these days he is he really is anyway let's get to Alyssa's letters yeah, let's yeah. see how you guys have been doing right we'd like to hear from you you know besides just you know what programs you've been listening to we also like to know how you're doing in the midst of this outbreak do write us our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei Taiwan our email address is rti at rti.org.cw please remember you can always reach us on Facebook and YouTube as well and we look forward to reading your comments there Okay, so this first letter I have is from Prithviraj Prakayasta of Assam, India. It says, Dear Sir, Ma'am, greetings from India on Holy Easter. I'm really enjoying your shows and listening to RTI quite regularly these days. All the very best for your future shows. I also hope that you and your families in Taiwan are in absolute good health condition and taking all precautionary measures for COVID-19 in your locality. Here in India, we are going through a 21-day lockdown, which is likely to be extended for a few more weeks oh by the government. goodness, I can't Ooh, imagine. Yeah. Today is the last day of our local calendar year, and a new year will start from tomorrow. Here in Assam, we celebrate this New Year festival at Rongali Bihu, and as a... Oops, I'm not quite sure I know how to say this. Can, do you know? Sohedi, oh, so Hedi, it's a language. Sohedi, okay. Speaker... We'll also celebrate our new year tomorrow as Puala uh, Baisak. Every year, sorry, forgive me if I'm saying this wrong. Every year we celebrate this festival with lots of joy and festivity. But because of coronavirus outbreak this year, there is nothing like any celebration. Mm. Happy to I'm send you. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, really. Uh, happy to send you the following reception report. If you find this useful, then kindly issue me a QSL card for this mentioning uh of the transmission site. So he listened in on April 10th at 9405 kilohertz um, from 1610 to 1644 UTC. And let's see here. Uh, programs he heard was news followed by uh, in the spotlight along with other topics. A conversation with a COVID-19 recovered patient was heard. Hmm. 
I wonder if that was my interview with uh, the daughter of uh, my, a good friend of mine. Uh, she just came in from the UK. She was studying there. And actually, she was not sick. Um, she's not a confirmed case. It's just that she was on the plane. And coming back, you're required to go into a 14-day home quarantine. So that's what she did. I was a chat with her okay. on, on the program. Yes. And then uh, it says here, Taiwan Today, again, was heard. An interview by Natalie with a U.S. Uh, oh, now this was this looks like a real patient who recovered by the best treatment received in Taiwan. He's probably the fiftieth patient of Taiwan. Okay, simple rating was five five four four four. Well, thank you so very much for this for the details in this letter. That was Prithviraj Prakayasta of Assam, India. Uh, staying in India, but going over to Kerala, we have a letter here from M. Sanil Deep, who writes, Greetings from Calicut. This is the monthly report for your station, which I hope will be very useful to your engineering department. I'm sending herewith the two reception reports for the month of March for the English service and would appreciate QSL cards. Uh, the best frequency to India is at 1600 hours on 9405 kilohertz and sometimes 15320 kHz, and it's also showing good reception. Now, it says here there's a question attached, which is whether we are shut down at all due to COVID-19. Um, and I think as we've sort of established, no. No. Uh, certain things are shut. Mm. Um, what was it? They had like dance halls or something. Oh, right. Because there was someone who worked there who had it and just kept then working. And right. so they decided to close all of them down. As I think, is KTV open? Karaoke bars? That's probably, you know, I haven't I seen, know. the ones near me don't seem to be open. So oh, okay. anyway, a few things are shut, but by and large, everything is uh, as normal with the exception of having to wear masks mm-hmm. when you go anywhere, having to have your temperature taken before you're allowed in anywhere. And right. also they spray your hands with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? Uh, like we've said, tables are sort of moved further apart than they were before. Yeah. Some cases they'll have sort of dividers so you can't sneeze on each other, which is always nice. I think they should have those all the time. I think no so No one appreciates too. being sneezed on. Yeah. So, but that's about the extent of it. Um, some businesses are suffering uh, and the number of people on unpaid leave is at a, a higher number than it has been in many years. I think we'll make it through though without too many yes. sacrifices. Keeping our fingers crossed. Yes. All right. Well, that comes to us once again from M. Sanil M. Sanil Deep of India. All right, we're moving now to the UK. This is coming to us from Roger Tidy of England. It says, hello again. Here in the UK, we are at last experiencing warm and sunny spring weather. However, the COVID-19 virus is continuing to strike down a growing number of people, and the peak of the epidemic is not expected until the middle of this month. We are all looking forward to being able to get back to normal when the current crisis is over. My Report this time, the first one for the month is for April 5th. Your internet audio was excellent. Uh, The first program I want to mention is Curious John, which was especially interesting to me because it focused on one of Taiwan's main national libraries, which has remained open despite the COVID-19 virus. Hmm. I am a regular user of the British Library here in London. However, unlike the library featured in John's report, the latter library has been closed since the start of the current crisis, which is especially inconvenient to writers, researchers, and scholars. Yes, and I have to thank our listener in Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S., Brian Newell, who I believe is a librarian himself, for giving me the idea. Oh, I see now. Yes, he wrote me a nice note. Let me know if you have anything you'd like me to cover. (laughs) Right. John's other program in today's broadcast, Time Traveler, was equally fascinating as it concerned the history of a former British consulate in one of Taiwan's ports. 
I also enjoyed this week's edition of On the Line, which featured an interview with the Guatemalan ambassador to Taiwan, who had a very friendly and animated discussion with Carlson about the long-standing relations between the two countries. I was especially struck by the ambassador's stress on the need to showcase Guatemala to ordinary Taiwanese people, which he hopes to do by opening three shops selling Guatemalan coffee to the Taiwanese public. Wow. Two of these shops, he said, would be in Taipei and New Taipei City, and one would be a mobile facility. Perhaps this would make a good subject for John to cover in his Curious John program. <laughs> okay. Well, have they opened yet? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I have to see if they've opened yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll look into it. All right. It was also interesting to hear about Tower's medical assistance to Taiwan, which involves the regular sending of, uh, to Guatemala, I guess, which involves the regular sending of Taiwanese doctors to rural areas of Guatemala. I also heard classic shorts in In the Spotlight, but I believe that these were repeats of programs I reported on previously. Thank you for another day of interesting and varied programs. So that was again coming to us from Roger Tidy of England. Going over to Indonesia, we've got a letter here from Walu Ibn Dishman who writes, Dear RTI, how are you? Wish you all the best. Here I'm in good condition too, and in social distancing, although I live in a village. In my district, they found two cases of COVID-19, and for so sad, one of the cases was fatal. Oh. That's really sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to the Taiwan government who's given face masks to Indonesia and other countries. Uh, this is a reception report for our broadcast on 15320 kilohertz at 10 to 1100 Western Indonesia time, which I think is the same as our time zone, actually. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes, yes. Um, so this is, we got, first of all, a report on our April 9th program. The simpo for all these, by the way, is all fours. Uh, here, the news, the Taiwan government allowing citizens to send uh, masks overseas. I think that the recipient has to be Taiwanese too, though. So, and there's a limited number. That's right. It's not a complete lifting of restrictions. Um, then on the 10th of April, there was a news item about Taiwan sending masks around the world to the U.S., Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia. Uh, then in, here in Taiwan, talking about a long weekend that was affected by COVID-19, or rather not affected. I think people got a little bit careless, <laughs> gathering in closer proximity than they probably should have. But anyway, uh, that doesn't it doesn't seem like that's we've heard any cases coming out of that yet. No, so. luckily not. Then Lights, Camera, Asia, a film by Taigo Kobayashi. Uh, finally, on the 11th of April, there was news about COVID-19 affecting the pineapple industry in Taiwan. Also, Taiwan Insider had a talk about Taiwan's metro requiring every passenger to wear a mask. Uh, they also talked about the symptoms of COVID-19 and the heroes of the pandemic. Thank you so much for all your attention and see you in another email. That comes to us once again from Waluyu Ibn Dishman of Indonesia. All right. Well, thank you so much for all your letters, but keep them coming. We always like to hear from you, just what you think about our programs, and also tell us how you're doing in the midst of this outbreak. But uh, our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And remember, you can always leave us a comment on YouTube or Facebook. We look forward to seeing what you have to say. Until next time, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Bye. And here's a song for your enjoyment to end today's show. This is by Jackie Chan and Tracy Su. The song is Every Day in My Life. Every Day in My Life. 
说声谢谢，在我生命中的每一天。看时光飞逝，我回首从前，曾经是莽撞少年，曾经度日如年。我是如此平凡，却又如此幸运。我要说声谢谢你，在我生命中的每一天。生命中最善良的那一段与你分享，让我用生命中最嘹亮的歌声来陪伴你，让我将心中最温。Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me/radiotaiwanintl. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me/radiotaiwanintl for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.